What is up, DGAFers? All right, we are talking postpartum. Yeah, and more specifically, the expectation versus reality of our postpartum journeys. So kind of where we thought we'd be by this point versus where we are mentally, physically, emotionally, all the things. All the things. And also, I feel like this episode, even if you're not in a postpartum state right now, maybe your kids are older or maybe you don't have kids, I think just hearing this episode is going to be good because I feel like we all have expectations. Yeah. And sometimes life just like decks you in the face when you have these expectations. And that's like the best. I feel like Literally. postpartum is just deck. Just, just, yeah. Smack it's in like the face. expectation. Yeah. No. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. So if you ever, if there's any other experiences in life where that happens, then you'll relate to this. Yeah, I think so too. And and we're going to give you some of our best advice, our best tips and tricks to kind of get you through those really hard times because we have experienced them. We're going to go into um, very specific detail and, and some aspects of this. Um, and, you know, moral of the story, it's okay to not be okay. Yes. We're going to give you real, like, realistic <laughs> advice on how to get through the tough times. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you can hear all kinds of things from people that it's like, just get over it and start doing mindset work and start working out and start doing all these things. You'll start feeling better. Sometimes that doesn't work. Yeah, and that hasn't worked for the two of us. And we used to say those things. We did. <laughs> we definitely we were definitely. those people. And if you wanted to punch us, we get it. Yeah, now we, we get it. So get it. anyway, here we are in all of our postpartum glory, and we wanted to just be relatable, share this with you, and just give you some advice or give you some some laughs I feel like you're going to have with this episode, but just help to get you through those tough days. Yeah, and if you um, maybe aren't, like I said, in the postpartum phase, but you're maybe like one of your friends are, or like a sister or somebody share this with them, especially if you know that they're going through like a tough time. Cause I think it's really going to help them see the light at the end of the tunnel and also not feel guilty for yeah. feeling the way they're feeling, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all have times where we have expectations and when life punches you in the face, like Lauren said, and it doesn't add up to those expectations, it can be really, really tough. Yeah. So the best way to share this episode, um, you could go to your Apple podcasts and type in DGAF, Demand Growth Act Fearlessly, and then look up this episode. You can copy the link and send it to somebody via text message. You could just shoot them this um, video that we're doing on Instagram. We always record our intros on Instagram. So you could just send this into their DMs and then they could go to Apple podcasts or on Spotify. We are on there as well, um, just so that they can listen. All right. Let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realize that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the, the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGA-effer, like don't give a bleep. 
or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGA effer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGA effer who doesn't give a bloop what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. We are here today talking postpartum, but more so like expectation versus reality. Some of the things that we have experienced that we weren't really expecting to, um, a lot of the struggles that we faced, and we want to share with you how we have dealt with those things mentally, because it has been a whirlwind the past few months. Yes. And if you have never experienced postpartum before, um, just know everybody's experience is different. And it's going to be challenging no matter what. (laughs) So having things in place um, beforehand is very helpful, but also like, like Jenna said, we're going to talk about expectations versus reality. Just know whatever expectations you have are probably going to literally go out the window um, during postpartum and it's okay. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we didn't even talk about this long before the episode, but I feel like that's so true because it's like, for me, I tried to prepare so much And the things that I experienced, like literally were things that weren't even remotely on my radar. No. Never thought in a million years that these things would be my reality. And there's not a way to prepare for that. Right. You can't prepare for everything. You you literally, I mean, same with my first Mm -hmm. kid. I didn't expect a C-section and I also didn't expect to be depressed as shit. Right. And so that threw me off. So like you can't prepare yourself (laughs) for exactly what's going to happen. Now you can have... um, practices and and self-awareness tools and things that you can pull from um, to help you cope and and yeah. deal and manage and get through it. Um, but yeah, expectations, I think, throw them out. I mean, throw them out the window. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, yes, we're talking postpartum, but I think even if you're not in that stage of life, I think this episode is going to relate to you because it's just a lot of expectation versus reality and what to do when things don't go the way you expected. Yep. Definitely. Who wants to start? <laughs> well, I think we want to start simple, like the what everyone thinks uh, postpartum is like. You trying to get back into shape mm. after you have a baby? Like, right. okay, we give birth, and now we just go through like the the hard part, and then we start getting our body back. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I thought postpartum was before oh, I had children. Same. <laughs> oh. Oh, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait till week six when I'm cleared to work out. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Is that a fucking joke? I can't wait until I just have a six pack in like four months. I'm just going to bounce right back. Because I know know how to eat and and I'm disciplined and I can work out. Like, fuck that. (laughs) Anyway, oh, we got to talk yeah. more about this. Yeah, so we do. Who wants to start with, with which issue? I'll start because I feel like mine's not as elaborate as Jenna's. So okay. I'll be a little quicker. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, well, this is my second child. So this is my second uh, journey through postpartum. So I kind of knew what to expect in terms of like how crazy it is, but also anything could still technically happen. So I'm still trying to like have an open mind about things because who knows. Um, 
So anyways, this is my second journey going through postpartum. My first I is 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 different than this one in, in a couple ways. My first one, I didn't work out when I was pregnant and I really didn't have any like a lot of healthy habits kind of going into pregnancy and I didn't really have any to kind of pick back up um, after I had my first son. So it was kind of new to start exercising and new and I had no fucking clue what I was doing and I didn't know that you could have issues after having a baby. So I just worked out and was naive as fuck, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this time, I was a lot more aware of like issues that can arise physically um, because I had learned a little bit through my journey with my first son. Not everything, but some things. So I had ab separation with my first. So it's called diastasis recti with my first son, but I had no idea that I had that. Um, so I just worked out, did everything, and I had totally screwed my abs up even worse, I think. Um, and then I got pregnant with my second son and made obviously ab separation 25 times worse because my stomach was huge. And um, so after I gave birth, I had a C-section with both boys. I still thought in my head that at six weeks, I would be fine. And now I did take some precautions this time around. I was like, oh, I know that I have ab separation this time. So I'm going to get ahead of the game and sign up for this um, 12 week ab rehab course that was like supposed to help you with fixing shit yeah. after birth. It's like for postpartum. Yeah, it's for postpartum, yeah. which is it's great. I will admit it's a great program. However, this a PSA right now. If you are pregnant and you're pregnant right now, and obviously you're going to be giving birth, um, do go to a physical therapist. I don't give a shit what your OB says. I don't care if they're like, you're fine. You're don't, don't believe them. No, go to a physical therapist, get assessed yeah. and, before you do anything. And specifically go to a pelvic floor therapist. You have to. Seriously. That would be our advice. And here's why. Yes. So please do that. Even if you feel fucking fabulous, go get assessed. So anyways, I did this 12-week ab rehab course. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, but my stomach is still enormous. And it feels like a waterbed um, after like 12 weeks of doing this. And I was really discouraged and really upset because I thought, oh, I'm just going to do this rehab. And then I'm going to just go back to my normal workouts well, and be totally back in shape. Well, you think, again, expectation, quote unquote, ab rehab. Yeah. So you're thinking, oh, well, I'm done with 12 weeks of it. I should have my abs rehabbed. Back. I should be back with abs. Well, I thought for sure my stomach would be going down. Right. It did. It did. I mean, that was probably just from like my uterus shrinking and all of that. <laughs> I went down. But it was still like, you guys, I'm not kidding. Like it looked like I was still pregnant and you could literally sink your entire hand into my stomach. Like there was nothing there. Like between your abs. Yeah. But there's nothing holding things in. It's yeah. just all kind of falling towards the front basically. Yeah. And the craziest part about this, she took a picture of her stomach and sent it to me like right when she woke up in the morning and then sent a picture after she had breakfast and a glass of water. And it was like it, Insane. insanely different. I was like a flat-ish stomach and then it was like pregnant. Like literally, like, but it was, it's not like bloated. <laughs> like, no. It, it's not that. It's like, it literally just looks like there's substance in there. I don't, like a ball of something. Yeah. It's yes. so bizarre. So bizarre. So bizarre. So, <laughs> so bizarre. So I was really disappointed because, um, 
A, I was kind of angry. So we're going to talk about emotions here for a second. I I went through a period where I was really angry because I was angry at everyone else. I was angry at my OB for not telling me that I had this with my first son. Uh So I could have rehabbed it properly the first fucking time around. And then I was even more angry that they knew I had ab separation because I told them because I found out I did after doing some research because I... It's not normal, by the way, if you lean back and you have a literal hump in your stomach. Mm -hmm. That's usually ab separation or a hernia. And so no one told me that. So I just kept doing abs and I had this huge fucking hump and it would tug on my belly button and it would hurt. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And then I did some research and found out it was ab separation. Um, So I was angry because I was like, okay, this is my second pregnancy. You motherfuckers know that I have ab separation. Mm -hmm. Why isn't anyone telling me how to fix this problem? Like you guys are just, well, this was their answer. You just get surgery. Right. You just get surgery for it. I'm like, surgery? Right. Yeah, because I have fucking time to just get surgery on my stomach and the money to just go get surgery. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so I went through anger and then I went through hating myself. Mm -hmm. Like I just thought I was an ugly, disgusting I'm like, my husband's going to think I'm disgusting. I'm never going to be able to wear a bathing suit again because I'm going to look pregnant all the time. My stomach just looks like deformed. So I started hating on myself big time. And then I was like sad and also mad at other moms who like this one girl. (laughs) I was watching Instagram, (laughs) this girl. I literally wanted to rage comment on her thing, but I didn't. She was like, I got my abs. It was a reel. How I got my flat stomach and my abs after having a baby. And then she starts showing the moves. By the way, all wrong. If you do those moves and you have ab separation, your organs will fall out. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm watching this girl. I can't believe you didn't comment that. Oh, I was so mad. Just because of the mindset you were in. I didn't. I held back. Okay. Because I was like, this girl's, she's actually leading with love. She's like, oh, this is how I did it. So, but... (sighs) <sighs> so just be careful with what you look at on social media because some people don't know what they're talking about. But um, so, yeah, I went through that whole stage where I wanted to kill this girl. And then and then I started to accept it. And I was like, OK, it's really not the end of the world. It's not like a health. I, I'm not going to die because of ab separation. It sucks. It doesn't look pretty. Um, but then I started really working on like just overall What's my health like? How am I feeling? Am I happy? Am I enjoying the moments? Am I enjoying work? And I started focusing more so on that, which really did help. And now, yeah, sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, like annoyed, but But I am really accepting that part. But my expectation was do this rehab, get my abs fixed, have a six pack again. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all. That's not out the window now. Yeah. No. Yeah. So who knows? I have my first physical therapy appointment um, on Friday. If you're listening to this, might not be relevant, but um, yeah, on Friday. So we'll see what they tell me. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Keep you posted for that. Um, yeah. And fun fact, Lauren gets to go to the same physical therapist that I go to. Yay. We're both <laughs> fucked up. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah, my turn. It's the same thing. I expected And again, from comparing myself to other people, from watching people on Instagram, from watching moms be like, oh, it's week six. I had my appointment. Let's go have sex and do a workout today. Yeah. Like that was my expectation. And so when I I was also doing this ab rehab program, um, and again, it's a good program, but this is why we say like get assessed first and make Mm -hmm. sure that whatever you're doing is a good fit for you because it just wasn't for me for what I was doing and what was wrong with my body. Right. You just Um, don't know. You don't know. And so... 
I left my six week appointment. They cleared me to work out. They did an exam, like totally fine. So I'm like, great. And I worked out my entire pregnancy. I worked out until the day I, the day before I gave birth to her. So I'm like, perfect. Um, about two weeks after I got cleared and I was still doing like very simple moves. Like I'm not, I'm talking like my feet were not leaving the floor for cardio. You weren't like lifting psychotic heavy weights or no, anything. I no. didn't do anything other than like five pound weights. Right. And so the very first time that I did a workout where I was doing jumping jacks and I was like, my feet were leaving the floor. I was doing jumping jacks and I was doing like skaters, like back and forth kind of. I felt this is going to be graphic. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a koosh ball shoved up in my vagina. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> this is that right. <laughs> this doesn't feel right. Like, what is that? Um, and so I called my OB because I'm like, I, we got to figure something out here. And it was the most matter of fact appointment I've ever had. He's like, oh, yeah, um, you have pelvic organ prolapse. So what we're looking at right now is your bladder that is inside your vagina. Not a big deal. Um, we're just going to give you a pessary, which if you don't know what that is, it's like a donut shaped piece of plastic the size of your fist, roughly, that you shove up that like is almost in place of your pelvic floor muscles. Like it holds everything up so it doesn't fall out. He's like, it's up to you if you want to wear it like 24 hours a day. You totally can. You can take it out for certain activities if you just want to wear it when you work out. And I'm looking at him like, what? Uh, well, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't think you ever told me this. Oh, I didn't. Oh yeah. No, so I brought. That's bizarre. Oh yeah. He's like, oh here's. So a people just wear that like, in their vagina. Lauren, my 97 year old grandma. Wears oh yeah, one. you told me that. I and just I'm didn't like, understand. Okay, what it was. I'm gonna. We'll just share. Like, what the fuck? So that's sick. I would never. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Too far. Too far. Um. So anyway, so I'm like. I don't want that. So he's like, all right, well, I'll tell you what, like your, your annuals in March, like, let's see how you do on your own before then, because I brought him a list of physical therapists um, for pelvic floor therapists and told him that's the route I wanted to go. But I got that list from my chiropractor. Like, I just feel like I have all these random ass pieces of like physical therapist, chiropractor, OB, and nobody, nothing's like working together. But also- the fact that you even knew to take that yes. list, most women don't no. know to do that. No, 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 no. So I, yeah. So he came in and like looked at the list and he's like, oh, yep. Nope. Nope. Yep. Yep. Like these are your options. Like these are the people I like. And so luckily I found, I got in to the physical therapist who's like five minutes from our house. And I, but now, I mean, <laughs> we need to do a whole other episode on the, the therapy that, yeah. required. Um, <laughs> if you want a laugh, Google pelvic wand images. Yeah. And it looks like that. a dildo. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to do that. Um, several days a week is the goal. Five days a week is like the ultimate goal, which is not happening currently. Um, so yeah, so I'm in that physical therapy and then she, my physical therapist recommended me to her other physical therapist friend <laughs> in the same vicinity who is doing ab separation work because I also have ab separation. I have like a three finger one and then a one and a half width finger one. It's like, where did all of this come from? Because none of, none of that was even remotely close to my radar. So no. And, and it's probably not for like anyone, honestly. No. no. And because so, no one taught your OB. I, unless you have, I, please let us know if you have an OB that actually 
told you this. I really like ROB. I do too. That's what's crazy. I really like, but I feel like why aren't you warning us mm-hmm. about things? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, uh, most women have really have something that they have to work on yeah. afterwards. Well, and I feel like it's very one-sided kind yeah. of like, yeah, I don't know. So it was just. That's annoying. So I left that. And, and so now, I mean, I'm 12 weeks postpartum and ha- like I'm not working out at all right now. I'm doing physical therapy moves where I'm like lifting I'm rehabbing my abs the correct way based on my body and how I like overcompensate because I use my back for things and my legs. So I have like, like six inch leg lifts and clams and like very basic things. I'm not even to level one of physical therapy. I'm like mm-hmm. level negative basic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah, I've graduated. <laughs> I've graduated to level one on two out of eight moves. I'm, That's how basic I'm I really am. nervous to go and have them tell me oh, that I well, can't do it. Yeah, anyway. I came over to Lauren today and she's like, I'm so sore from this workout. And I was like, you need to mentally prepare for them to be like, stop it. Yeah, stop I know. Stop everything you're doing. Because I'm kind of like, this is bad, but I'm just getting it all out yeah, before get, I go. Get all your workouts <laughs> out before. That's not what we recommend. Don't, don't, do, don't that. do that. But that's, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So my old mentality with this, because they, I mean, this kind of blindsided me. It really blindsided me. My old mentality would have been like, just F everything. Mm-hmm. Screw it all. I'm doing nothing. I'm getting, you know, pizza and cookie dough and that's all I'm eating. I definitely have had my fair share of those times. Right. Um, oh, I can't eat pizza because I can't eat cheese because I'm breastfeeding. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Maeve doesn't sleep because she has gas. So I'm prioritizing sleep over cheese. <laughs> um, but I feel like now what I'm doing is I'm really trying to focus on Things that do make me feel good, like mm-hmm. you said. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes it's putting essential oils on and just sitting and and journaling. Sometimes it's calling my mom to come over so I can sleep for an hour. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it like literally the most basic things. Um, and I would say like the whole journaling, like that is on a great day. I've maybe done that yeah, five times total. Like I yeah. am in pure survival mode still. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, yeah. I've probably journaled like three times, yeah. like yeah. that's like on a great morning. Yeah. I mean, right now my self-care in the morning is drinking my glass of water and sitting and drinking my coffee. And then know, I'm just with my kids all morning. Mine is? What? Mine for the last week has been <laughs> brushing my teeth. There you go. I'm, yes. I'm counting that as self-care <laughs> because <laughs> there, the last, and there's a reason for this also, we're getting there, another expectation. But yeah, like I feel like I'm just in survival mode doing what I can that makes me feel good in the moment. Yeah. Well, I wanted to add too, like um, when, well, when I found out about the, my abs were so destroyed and I look like I'm always have a pooch and pregnant, um, my old mentality Mm -hmm. would have been to eat like a psycho, like literally go on a diet that is so restrictive and just be so disciplined and like crazy, like no sweets, no sugar, no alcohol. Yeah. No, I would have, that would have been my old mentality. Cause I would have been like, I can fix this. I can fix this. I can lose this. I just need to not eat. I just yeah. need to, that's what I would have done in the past. But I really sat down and was like, what do I really, really, really care about? Mm-hmm. And what really actually makes me happy, a good mom and a good wife. Yeah. And it was not to go on a diet like that. It was eat what feels good to me. 
Um, I like healthy food. I like to eat healthy. And that's a whole nother topic as Jen and I both do intuitive eating. Um, I do enjoy healthy food, but I also enjoy pizza and things like that. And so I really had to sit down with myself and say, what's more important, Lauren, losing, like trying to get your stomach to be flat or just like enjoying yourself. And I was like, I can't do that. I have to just accept it right now. I'm going to be working on improving it the right way with physical therapy and who knows what they're going to tell me. Um, but yeah, I had to kind of come to grips with that. So that's, so that's kind of the physical side of expectations and our realities currently and how we're coping. Um, what about Lauren for you? Like, what was your expectation of having two kids versus how it's going? Yeah. Um, well, because my first son, when I had him, my my expectation was that I was going to just be head over heels and just in this like cloud nine state and breastfeeding was just going to be so euphoric. And like, I just thought it was going to be this heavenly place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what commercials make it seem like. Mm-hmm. And I've told the story before it, it was the complete opposite for me. Um, so I expected, I was really scared to have my second baby cause I was in a really dark place. Like I would told Jenna, I was like, when you're actually depressed, like there, when you're actually depressed, like you, your soul is like dead. Mm-hmm. And I've never truly felt that way until I have after I had my first son like I never understood depression until I actually experienced it myself like to where literally nothing around me could cheer me up like nothing I just felt like a empty corpse just walking around like and never people would just be like talking to me and just like yeah like that's don't care yeah like you're like I don't I just want to go to bed and not be present Mm -hmm. um so like I was so scared to feel that again. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought having two kids was going to be, I was just going to be miserable. To be honest, that's what I thought it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to be so miserable. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to hate this. And it's, I'm just not looking forward to this. Well, I will be honest that when I, (laughs) when Kip was first born, probably the first two weeks I was okay like I, I was, you know, laughing and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I did get into the depression probably week three. I was a little, I was a corpse walking mm-hmm. um, for a little bit. I, I remember sitting on my parents' boat. We went out on their boat. Um, it was like the last time and then they were putting it away for the winter. And I love being on the water. I love that shit. Like it makes me so happy. And I just sat there and was just like, I had no emotion. Like it was so Oh, it was horrible, but it didn't last as long with Kip as it did with Cameron. And I felt like a really awesome connection with Kip sooner than I did with Cameron. And now the dynamic between the two kids is like so fun. Like I didn't, I honestly didn't think I would describe being a mom of a four-year-old and a five-month-old as fun. I thought I would be like losing it 24-7. Yeah. Now I do still lose it. Um, but I actually it's like actually fun. And like I enjoy yeah. it. And so I'm like really happy that I'm not like <laughs> completely miserable until Kip was like two or right, three. Right. Like, that's what I thought it was gonna be like. Yeah. So that's amazing. You could have the opposite. Yeah. I you mean- could expect it to be terrible and then it, 
it's not. But I also expected because I had done it before that breastfeeding was going to be easy because, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I've tried it before and now I like feel like I could do it. And I expected that to be easy for me again and that I it didn't work out, which was fine. Um, and I expected it to go a lot smoother than it did because I had done it before. But what I realized was, um, <laughs> every baby is different Yeah, and it doesn't matter how many kids you have. It's still hard as shit. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's Amen. so hard. Amen. <laughs> like they are born with their own little personalities and their own little yeah. quirks. Yeah. You got to learn every time a new, you just got to be open to challenges and figuring things out and becoming adaptable. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but you got to ask for help. Yeah. I feel like that, that has been hard for me, but also the most important thing I think is, is being able to ask for help when I need it. And, and I think I expected, cause right now we're at 12 weeks and I expected to not need help anymore mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Like we have a three month old, like, why do I still need help? Well, like, I told Nick I felt bad and we were driving yesterday. I was like, I feel bad because I kept telling Jenna, like, it gets so much easier at like three mm-hmm. or four months. And like, th- that's not in the experience she's having. Nick's like, well, Lauren, like, you didn't know. He's like, everyone's experience is different. Like for us, yes, the the very, very beginning, you were a, you were dead <laughs> inside. And then three or four months yeah. comes around and you're, you know, your life's kind of coming back. And I was like, I just feel bad because I said that. And so that was kind of a learning less like a lesson, I guess, for me as a mom, like, and I know people mean well, when because I know I meant well, when I said that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but you just don't know what people are going to go through. Right. And I've even just even now, like, Kip's really easy as fuck right now. I just be completely honest. And he's five months old. And he's five months old. But, and I know Jenna's going through all of this. So like, I know my job right now is to, I'm not going to complain about fucking him waking up at 2 a.m. Because (laughs) I know she's going through something a lot more challenging than I am right now. And I just feel like it's taught me a lot about like, I don't know, just everyone's heart is different and somebody mm-hmm. else is always going through something That's worse. That's so true. It's yeah. so true. So, so we'll fill you in here. Um, long story short, I know we're already 25 minutes into this episode, but long story short, we, since the day that Maeve was born, she had a hip click. And basically it's like when the doctors would grab her hips and try to maneuver them, it would pop like out of socket basically. So there were a lot of reasons that, that that could happen. We were told it was most likely ligaments just because she was so tall and, and not anything to really worry about. We had an ultrasound scheduled at her six-week appointment, and they told us to cancel it because it wasn't no big deal, basically. Um, and we had her chiropractor in on this. Her pediatrician was in on it, and everybody agreed, like, not a big deal. So we went to her two-month appointment, but mm-hmm. it was she was like 10 weeks old at the point at that point. So we went to her 10-week her appointment and the hip click was still there, was still doing it. And so she's like, right now you need to schedule an ultrasound and you need to go to an orthopedic surgeon. And we're like, what? Like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, whatever. So we schedule it. 
we take her to the ultrasound that week and I got a call. We have since switched pediatricians because I'm just annoyed with this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I also went through anger. Yes. We all go through the anger <laughs> yeah, stage. Yeah, we went through the anger <laughs> stage. But I got a call from one of the like nurses at the practice, which was kind of what made me annoyed that we didn't actually get to talk to her doctor about any of it, um, that she was diagnosed with hip dysplasia and that we had to go see an orthopedic surgeon. And we're like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and we were still thinking like a lot of people say you can do double diapering, which I don't know. Honestly, we've heard mixed reviews on that, but it basically like opens their hips up more. Some people swear by it. If you Google it, it says it's bullshit. Don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but we never did that with her. So we ended up going to this or going to the ultrasound, going to the orthopedic place or surgeon and leaving with her in a pavlic harness. And I, like, I feel bad for that surgeon who was in on that appointment (laughs) because Maeve was screaming and crying. I was crying hysterically. Like, I feel bad for my husband because it was, like, so, I was just blindsided Mm -hmm. by this. Like, not what we expected whatsoever. And again, you know, there are so many people going through harder things, like you said. Like, everybody has a different hard but when you have something that goes so far against what you your expectations yep. are, yep. it just, it hurts. It, it hurts. It really does. And mm-hmm. so we're like, wh- what are we going to do with this? And so she's in a harness 23 hours a day for the next 12 weeks. And she's actually adjusted to it pretty well. It's been a rough adjustment period. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so just because, you know, she wasn't sleeping because... She has a harness on, but also because she can't be swaddled and she can't wear her little moon suit that she loves to sleep in. Like, mm-hmm. it's just been so much change at once. And like breastfeeding has been really, really tough because I can't turn her on her side and I can't lay her on her hip and I can't hold her. And so it's just been a lot of things that we've had to kind of relearn. And I will say she is one strong little girl because the it's been less than a week that we've experienced this and she is like sleeping through the night Mm -hmm. and totally adjusting. And, but I, the last week was really hard on me and I was so angry Mm -hmm. and then I was sad and then I was back to angry. And then I was like pissed off at everyone who had a kid without a harness Mm -hmm. and like, you Mm -hmm. know, and I'm like packing up her sleepers and like all the things that don't actually matter, (laughs) but it was what you thought. she was going to be wearing and what it's just hard to like have that ripped from you when you're like, wait, I, I didn't choose this. Right. I didn't choose. Like, I don't feel like putting her in this stuff anymore. Like that wasn't your choice. Right. And it's hard when it's like your perfect little girl Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, this is the new reality. Mm -hmm. So that was, it was tough. Um, but you know, we're all, we're doing what we can. We're stronger for it. And it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing that we can do to change it. And, and I think too, you know, what I was telling Lauren this morning was, I think I had a really hard time seeing the big picture Mm -hmm. where everybody around me was able to see that because, you know, and, and I needed to hear it, but I also wasn't ready to hear it. Mm -hmm. Like even my husband was like, think of like, think about her life in 20 years. Like this is going to be nothing. She'll never remember it. Right. And it's like, no, I know she won't remember it, but it's still hard. Yeah. And, 
And yes, it's like the exact thing that we have to be doing right now for her. Um, and we also got her lip tie and tongue tie lasered three days after she got the fucking harness put on. So like, <laughs> terrible timing. Just shoot me. <laughs> like it was. Well, it might have been good timing because then it's just all done at it's once. It's all once. Yeah. And then you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So like now I wasn't expecting to get two 40 minute stretches of sleep because I was, right. you know, up with her all night the week. But like. You know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. It's fine. She's adjusted, but it's it's just it was definitely way way different than anything I ever expected. Yeah, and I want to say like just being. I haven't had to. I didn't like my son didn't have to go through like a, any kind of harness or anything like that. But I will say with my depression and the stuff I dealt with and being angry that no one around me had kids and no one understood what the fuck I was going through and like mm-hmm. all of that, I am a different person because that shit happened. Oh yeah. Like I grew from that hard, those hard times, like more than I could have ever grown if I wouldn't have experienced that. Like I literally went, like it was like an exponential growth chart. Like I was living my life, Mm -hmm. you know, I was trying to grow here and there. I was going to school, doing shit, trying to make myself better. And then got pregnant had a baby. Life was fucking crazy as shit. I was like smacked in the face by having a kid. And I was like, what the fuck did we do? Why did we do this? I was like (laughs) really freaking out. And then I'm not even kidding you. Like once you kind of get through the, the weeds and things, you are like a reborn human. And I feel like some people don't, don't, um, you might not see it in the moment, but like, just know if you're going through something right now, that's like really hard and you're like, why the fuck is this happening to me? I hate everybody. Uh, like, and you're in that stage, which is totally normal and yep. fine. Yep. You can be there. Just know when you get out of it, cause you will, you will like mm-hmm. bad feelings and, sh- and ill feelings, whatever don't last forever. Yeah. You will, cu- you will come out the other end. Like, a totally different person in the best way yeah. possible. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, you know, and I will say, I think the mindset work that I've done kind of leading up to getting pregnant, I mean, it has way more meaning to me now. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, we always preach like the goal is to shorten the amount of time that you stay in that negative headspace and, yep. and the shorten the amount of time you sit with those negative feelings. And so for me, I am... I like to push my feelings away and not feel them. And with this, I'm like, I'm just going to let myself be mad mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. be angry and be sad and cry. And I'm, I need that. I need to just sit here in this. Um, and I think because I was able to do that, I was able to kind of realize why I was angry and why I was sad. And mm-hmm. I think once I realized the the biggest thing, it was, it was like, this was one more loss of normalcy mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, COVID has already taken so much of that away. Like our Christmas wasn't normal. We haven't seen our friends, our family, like so much of it has not been normal. This was like one more hit against what I thought was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Laura, one thing you said, I think really helped me was just because things are different doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And, you know, for me now, I'm like, okay, this is our reality. Like, how how do I want to act for the next three months? Because yep. I can either be miserable 
the entire time she's in this brace and be pissed off about it. And, and, or I can learn a lesson from my daughter who has adjusted in 40. Yeah. Like the fastest (laughs) ever. Because babies are so freaking resilient because they haven't been tainted right. in their brains yet right. like we have as adults. Yeah, yeah. so Maeve, is, she has some a brand new wardrobe thanks to her grandma's. Um, <laughs> she has leopard onesies and she has matching matching leg warmers to go with them so over cute. her little brace. And <laughs> it is what it is. And we're moving forward. So, yeah, I, I think the lesson here is it's okay give yourself grace when things, when you're in survival mode and you're just a wreck because it's going to happen. That's life. Yeah. But give yourself freaking grace. Let yourself be in that, but don't let yourself be in that forever. Yeah. And don't let yourself ruin special moments. Like for a long period of time, like let yourself be in that. And then when you start feeling like, okay, like, once you start processing things a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, that's where the self-awareness piece comes in. Like, okay, this happened. I was angry, this, this, and that. I'm waking up today feeling like a little bit better. Like, okay, this is not the end of the world. When you finally get to that point, then we got to start moving forward. Yeah. We got to, okay, now let's start doing stuff to like help my mood. And let's, I don't really think when you're in that crazy stage it's smart to try to overwhelm yourself with trying to fix it don't try to fix it just let it be the way it is and then once you're kind of feeling that upswing then you can start taking action towards things yeah because i always i'm saying i will try to fix things in the moment like Mm -hmm. oh i'm depressed and this and the other so i'm gonna start doing journaling and i'm gonna start doing this and like i start resenting those things yeah because i'm not ready for it same same. And I felt like for me, I mean, the best thing that I did was just completely unplug myself. I didn't tell anybody why I was unplugging. I just literally took a week and a half to process where we were at mm-hmm. and focus on me and my family, what we needed to do. And I mean, thank God for you because you pick up all the pieces, but well, that's cause I'm out of the yeah. I, you know, when I first had Kip and you were still pregnant, I was, I was really rough. I was having, I cried probably all day, like, but now I'm not in that phase anymore. Right. So, and so I think that what we want you to take from this is let yourself feel the emotions and depends on your situation. It might take longer. We don't know what the time frame is on like processing things, but if you know I'm going to let myself process this. Like give yourself permission to process it. And then tell yourself, once I start feeling a little bit better, I'm going to take action. But for right now, I'm good. Yeah. And and I would say ask for help mm-hmm. when you are in that lowest of low. Lots of help. Lots of help. Yes. Like I Even- refused to get a therapist my first when I had Cameron. And this time I was like, no, I have to, I have to talk to somebody. And that was like life changing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, I talked to you, I talked to my husband a lot. I had my mom literally just come over so I could sleep and eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. Yeah. You have had, to do what works. Chad's mom made us dinner a couple nights a week. Like we had to have those things because like my basic needs, sleeping, eating, like those were not even getting met. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you're pregnant with your first, um, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. We don't know. I mean, 
nothing that we're talking about could happen. Who knows? Like you could have something totally different. Maybe you are on cloud nine. I don't know. Um, but just take the advice of have whatever expectations you have, just know that they might not be met. And if they aren't, let yourself process that and then move on. And get a pelvic floor therapist so that your bladder stays in your vagina and your abs stay closed. And yes, when you get cleared at six weeks, do not just start jumping back into workouts. Go see a therapist first. Yes. You don't want to end up like screwing yourself even more. <laughs> they like us. <laughs> like, you don't want to end up screwing it up if you can prevent it from happening. Or if something is already there, you can start working on it instead of waiting. Yeah. 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 All right. Until next time.